All right, great. Okay, so we, um, we're going to aim to finish at 9 p.m. Um, like to also just have a time, maybe just before that, as well, we can have a chance just to pray, either pray for each other or we'll see how we go, a general prayer, we'll see how we go. But just to um, trust that we'd be open for the Lord to do and empower us, you know. And sometimes we don't need to wait or fast for a month or pray. Sometimes God can do it now, right here, because it's by grace, it's a gift. Um, all you have to do is receive His gift by the Spirit. So, um, We'll pray, uh, hopefully, before we finish. But uh, let's look at point number two. So point number one on the characteristics of gifts is that the spiritual gifts, uh, there are many different types of gifts. Now, point number two is that every spiritual gift is important. That's point number two. And uh, I know that's an obvious one. That's the obvious implication. But that in God's household, while there are gifts, and I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. It actually is on the list, but I had it done later on. Um... Yeah, um, got your name, sorry. Caroline, <laughs> Caroline, Car yeah. Um, and I want us to look at this, and, and the implication of this, by the way, is that all the gifts are important. So I want us to look at the scripture, and then I want to make one or two points and move on to the third one. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it says that, and, and he had mentions now you're part of the body of Christ, or then God has appointed in the church first apostles, then second prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and tongues. Now, what interesting he does here, he firstly gives a list of the gifts, but he mixes up spiritual gifts with some of the more non-spectacular gifts. So would you all agree that the gift of tongues is a supernatural, spectacular gift? It definitely is. The ability to receive that is, is supernaturally from the Spirit, and when someone is able to speak in tongues, definitely in a public forum, even with a human language, and I've, you know, I could tell you stories, we just don't have time on that. It is spectacular, and it, it's a sign pointing to, to the, the Spirit at work in the, in, in the church. But now what he does is he doesn't add that onto a list of kind of importance. What he does before that, and this is quite amazing, is he mentions two gifts that almost go above the gift of tongues. What are they? administrating and helping, okay, generally. Maybe that goes with the gift of technical help uh, that you mentioned there. Um, in other words, this idea that it's all lumped together, and I think what Paul's trying to do is saying we have to be careful not to have an order where the person that prophesies is more important than the person that is helping in some way, or the person that does administration where nobody sees the administrator. Is, is somehow is not as spiritual as the person that is, you know, praying for the sick and seeing healing. The, the difference is one is simply more spectacular than the other one, but all the gifts are important. And this is what Paul says if you go further back in 1 Corinthians 12, 22, in verse 22 he says, On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker, they are indispensable. So if you think this evening that you're weaker and that maybe God you say but what is my spiritual gift maybe it's just the gift you know maybe you might not have a spectacular gift or you don't it's not that obvious be encouraged that actually your your work is indispensable and the beauty of the body of Christ is is we need you even though you might not be seen you are 
you actually are the glory of the body of Christ um, when we can't see you. And we have to be careful of the day we elevate the spectacular gifts and the people among us that are spectacular and we somehow make them to be more spiritual or more important. That must never, ever be. And that's not the heart of God clearly in what he is saying in these things. Um, and I want to say this, be careful in your own life of the curse of comparison. That if your gift is different from the person next to you that the Lord has given you or empowering you in, don't ever compare yourself. I've done that over the years. I've struggled with the curse of comparison. Why aren't I like that person? Why aren't I gifted like, like that, that man over there? Lord, why don't you? And all I've done is I've just ended up just grieving and wounding the Holy Spirit's work in my life. You cannot do that. You dishonor God if you do. And so this is what I love about actually Josh Jen, um, is that I think we honor the gifts among us that often don't get honor. We honor them, you know. Maybe, maybe you think, but what part of the body of Christ am I? You know, I'm not the mouth or the head. Maybe you're the armpit. You know, you're the unseen part. <laughs> Man, or you the little toe. The Lord knows. And it's indispensable. And I think we do well at that. And may we continue to do well at honoring those. I love um, the, one of the epistles where Paul says to one of the churches, and I don't know where it is now, but he says to them, take note, in those, take note of those who work hard among you, he says in one of the epistles, take note of them. And I find one of the things that we can do practically is if you're part of a community group or you're part of, uh, in, in the church, is actually to some, some, sometimes single out people that nobody will ever see. And on earth, they might never get recognition in heaven, they will get more recognition than you would ever imagine. They will get the applause of heaven. But sometimes on earth, it's good to take note of them and to say, that person over there, that for us it was Linda, Auntie Linda. Linda, I, and I did, I've done that a few times, I remember, and she hated it. She didn't want to have the spotlight on her. And I would say, Linda, come stand up. I want us to honor her this evening because this woman is a godly woman. How many of you have been blessed by Linda? And I asked the church, how many of you have been blessed? You know, everyone, we just applaud her. And it was just like, people would be like, I'm important in this church. That is the heart of God. That's how the body of Christ is built up, right? So I want you to be encouraged in that, that every spiritual gift is important. Not, but now we've got to be careful that we don't slide to the other side that say, you know, we're all equal. And you, you go to, for example, Christopher right now, who's the only serving elder in the congregation, go, you know, I have the gift of whatever, correction. <laughs> You're elder, and I'm just going to tell you we're equal in the Lord, and don't tell me what to do, you know? You know? Although I'm not the mouth like you are, but, you know, I'm equal. Here we have to be careful that although we're equal, not, equal, not every gift has equal weight. And this is why what's interesting, and I want to end with this, where we obviously honor one another, but you definitely find that in Scripture that certain gifts carry more authority doesn't mean that they're more important, doesn't mean that they're more spiritual, and in fact, I want to say this, that some of you here are incredibly gifted, but you might not be very spiritual. Sometimes God gives, um, you know, gives a toddler an AK-47, this little two-year-old Christian who's just learned how to, you know, talk about Jesus, and he's given that person an ability to have incredible gifting, but that person could be the most immature believer, and I see that with our TMT students. You know, some of, in our congregation, um, many of our older Christians are quite intimidated by TMT students. They're like, TMT students, those are really spiritual. 
They've been learning about the Bible all year. They know the answers. They go on outreach, and some of them come back, and I say, how was outreach? And they go, we rejoice because we saw the devil fall like lightning from heaven, you know, that kind of thing. We rejoice because, you know, our, 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 we saw healings and miracles, and they did. I mean, the testimonies that they come back with is often like reading out of the book of Acts. It's incredible. But the very next week, they're like almost losing their salvation because they, they've completely lost their temper and they're emotionally immature. I'm not saying these two are. I'm making a general statement. <laughs> right? Or they're struggling, or some are struggling with sexual sin. And you think, but just last week you were praying for the sick and, the, and you raised the dead almost. You know, like, and this week you, you, now we've got to pick you up off the ground because you're so depressed. And so spiritual gifting isn't always equal to maturity. It's a gift from the Lord. But there are certain gifts that carry more weight and more authority Natural, you know, either the spectacular gift or there's one gift out of all these various lists that often seem to pop up out of the top. Do you know what, it, what that is? What have you noticed out of that list that seems to pop, jump out the top? It always says first, apostles, then prophets. It seems to mention those gifts, and that's because the foundation of the church, it says in Ephesians, is built with the gift of an apostle prophet. They're not more important, but they carry more authority in the church. Yana. Acting in normal life would mean we don't give them special treatment. So just because they carry more authority doesn't mean they're important in terms of they don't get special parking. Um, they don't, we don't give them special titles. They are normal individuals. Um, like a Milani de Toy, she would be carrying, generally she's got quite a lot of influence in the church, um, she's gifted, and we recognize there's a gift of, of a prophet on her. Uh, Andrew who operates in obviously a very clear apostolic type role, but, we, we, but it, they're among us, and it's like Andrew, Milani, you, know, you come sleep in my, my spare room, we're not going to put you in a hotel, and we treat you like a sister in the Lord, she's going to make mistakes, and we have to encourage her in the Lord. So. But they carry more influence. That's the best way. It's like in a marriage. We believe in that husbands and wives are different. We believe that husbands are the head of the home and, and practice servant leadership. But husbands are not better than their wives. In many ways, a good husband actually honors their wife as better than themselves. And that's what I think leadership is like in the way that gifting works out. Okay. Great question, though. Everyone with me? Any other questions on that before we move on? All right, so let's move on to the, the last point. So point, point number three, and is this, and this is what I want to end with and spend some time on, is spiritual gifts uh, that Scripture says vary in strength. So we get given spiritual gifts, but they vary in an ability um, of strength. And let me explain what that means. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12 verse 6. And um, we'll look at this carefully. And um, if you look in your Bible, in the top of verse 3, uh, if you've got your Bible with you, there's normally a heading that gets placed in the top of your Bible under the paragraph. That's put there by the, by the Bible translators to help you understand the topic that's given, right? It's not that's given by the Bible translators. So what, what is the topic in your Bible, if you've got a physical Bible here? What does it say? The top of verse 3 at the beginning of the paragraph. 
gifts of grace. So that tells you immediately that he's speaking in that section all about some form of spiritual gifts that are given. And um, so let's read it. Um, let's actually go from verse 3. Sorry, Carolee. <laughs> I'm going to read from verse 3. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the, sa- and the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the, what does it say there? To the grace that is given to us, let us use them. It's going to stop there. According to the grace given to us. So what happens is, um, if we, when we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that the Holy Spirit, he apportions or he gives out grace gifts as he wills. God determines kind of the gifts at the end of the day that you and I walk in. We don't, not ourselves. And so the first point is this, is that God gives you a measure of grace and ability, and he determines how big your gift will be and how strong your gift will be in many ways. I'll give you an example. Now, one of the qualifications of an elder, um, and I'm just using this because this is my frame of reference, is there's only one kind of skill that an elder has to do, according to 1 Timothy 3, if you know that list. The, what's remarkable about 1, 1 Timothy 3, about the list of pastors to be a pastor or a domini, domini Chris, okay? What's remarkable about that list is that it's unremarkable, and it's just normal points that every Christian should walk in, but it does have one thing that it says that an elder should be able to do, which is able to teach. Elders should be able to teach, and over the years, I've seen that different elders have different grace gifts and abilities to teach. Some pastors can stand up, and they can preach. They've got an ability given by God, and when they speak, and they've worked on it, they are able to preach to large groups of people. But there's some elders, you don't really want them to stand up and to be preaching very, very often, if we're honest. They can maybe do well in a home group or a small group, but they're not generally going to have an ability to preach to a large group. Why is that? Because God has apportioned a measure of grace, but as long as they're able to teach in some form, even if it's one-on-one. And, and I've experienced that. I'm sure we have over the years in that. And, um, and so I want to say this. There are two variables that indicate the strength of your gift. And so I'll unpack this, and you'll, you'll, this will be clearer as we go along. Number one, there's a divine influence that when God empowers you, or whether you're born, and that could be, by the way, let me unpack from the beginning what we said. Could, you could be born with an ability and a gift. And I heard this said once, it was very helpful, that, you know, like the, the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So in many ways, um, you have the gifts of the Father, which you're born with those abilities. It's given from birth, the gifts of the Father. And so some would even say that Romans chapter 12, I was talking to a lady at, at, at the break, that Romans ch- chapter 12 is actually speaking of the gifts of the Father, things like encouragement and helps and mercy, that in many ways you, those are things you're born with. But then what the Holy Spirit does, he still has to empower them so that they can be used to glorify him, right? But you're born, that's some, some belief. And then we speak about the gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Son would be Ephesians 4, verse 11, or verse 10, where it says how when Jesus ascended, Jesus gave gifts to men, and it's the gift of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, teacher. In other words, these are types of men 
that kind of, or individuals and women that, in a sense, drop out of heaven. They just, that's who they are. You know, they could be immature, but they're graced to be a prophet. Or not that to just prophesy, but there's something of a calling on their lives to operate in that way, the gifts of the Son. And then you get the third thing, which is the gifts of the Spirit, which would be then supernatural abilities after you're born again that the Holy Spirit supernaturally gives you, like tongues or prophecy. When someone lays hands on you and prays for you, that type of thing that you might receive. Okay. And, um, and so, in many ways, the gifts, God's gifts, are there's a divine influence. The point is that it's given by God. Uh, there's a portion given to you. And I love the scripture uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. You can put that up. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 speaks about, um, should be on the list there somewhere. Okay. And um, it says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit to apportions to each one individually as he wills. So in other words, that the Holy Spirit at the end of the day determines who you are and what you carry. You, you don't determine that. God determines that. So, you know, if I have to ask you in this room, for example, who of you carry, who do you think in this room carries a strong gift of leadership? Now again, it's not better than anyone else, but would carry a strong gift of leadership. Who would you think carries that in this room? And Embarrassing people. Okay, everyone's pointing at Christopher. Okay. Chris, who else? Who else do you think there's kind of a, just a leadership call in their lives? They have an ability to lead others. Guys and girls. That guy, Jan, youth leader. Where, uh, Rian, sorry. Okay. All right. Anyone else? Yeah. Varina. Valen. Okay. Okay, the one I thought was, was Rian, yeah, Valen, okay. Interesting enough, who of you think here, who here carries the gift of mercy? In other words, there's natural empathy for people that when there's someone who's poor and needing to be, this is like that person just has an ability, like we need to take care of the poor among us, or we need to care for, and they just have this ability to be mercy-hearted. Um, who do you think carries that in, in, in the midst of us? Philip, okay, Philip with one L. Ian Elf, Phil, okay. Who else? Okay. <laughs> All right. How would you know that they carry these gifts or that you would recognize them? Because there's some kind of grace and, and, and it's been, now, you didn't choose those gifts. So when Philip, with mercy, the Lord apportioned to, to those gifts that, as he wills, as he determines. And there's a supernatural element to it that we have to believe in. You can't simply determine your own gifts. That's on the one side. There's a divine influence on that. But then there's another side of the coin, which is very important. And this is, in a sense, where the paradox of the kingdom of God works, where sometimes it's truth intention. And we've got to look at both of them together. But there's also a human influence, where in the sovereignty of God and in the wisdom of God and in the, in the, in the, in the working of the Holy Spirit, Scripture also seems to say that we are able to somehow receive certain gifts by faith and if we desire them that God wants to give them to you so let's look for example this is the human influence we looked at the the sovereign influence let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 and um, Paul here is speaking about prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14 and he says to them earnestly uh, pursue love and earnestly desire you know that you need to ask and seek God 
for the gift of prophecy, the spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, he's not saying to them, if the Lord wills, you will prophesy. He's not leaving it up to the Holy Spirit alone. He's saying you need to activate your faith and you need to trust God. And you need to ask the Lord for this. So it almost seems to be that if you ask the Lord and if you have faith and you believe God, God is able to give you or empower you in your spiritual gifts or give you some measure of, of authority in spiritual gifts. Let's look at another scripture, 2 Timothy 1 verse 16. 1 verse 6, 2 Timothy 1 6. For this reason, Paul's writing to Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So some people um, operate in gifts because someone has laid hands on them and there's some spiritual authority from that person that has been transferred or given, I don't know how it works, it's a mystery, by the Lord through that individual and they're given a spiritual gift. And I find this over the years as a believer, like I realize like sometimes I, want, I desire to move in healing more. I don't, I'm not a, I don't move much in the gift of healing. But I realize I don't ask the Lord enough either. And so sometimes what I've done is I've gone to someone who moves in the gift of healing and I've said, please, would you come and pray for me? Would you lay hands on me and maybe I can have some of what you've got? <laughs> give me what you've got. You know, maybe in, in, the, in the wisdom of God, he can give me what you've got. And, um, and I've done that. And, and I and can't say if it works, but I, I've done what, what it seems to say here. And here are the two parts now that I want to bring together in the Lord, is that in, in many ways, God determines, he gives you grace for, for your gift. But in another way, somehow, it's like he sets the boundaries of what you can actually walk in. But somehow within that, you have an ability to determine how, how much you want to grow within what he's given you. Do you understand? Um, it's like he says, I've given this to you, but now you can, it's like a muscle. I, I've given you, a natu- I've given you th- 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 these things, but now if you work at it, you're ab- actually able to grow in that spiritual gift and that ability in the Lord. So in other words, we're not fatalists. We don't believe that, oh, well, I'm going to sit back on my couch, and Lord, if you want me, for example, to prophesy, then you must open my mouth, as if the Holy Spirit's going to go, oh, you know, and he's going to have to move your tongue. It doesn't work like that. You have to somehow step out in faith and say, Lord, I'm going to choose to, I'm going to ask you to help activate my faith to grow me. And I love this. If we go back to Romans 12, verse uh, 6, again, it says, having gifts that differ according to the grace that he's given us, let us use them. And then it says, if prophecy um, in proportion to what? Our faith. So there we find the divine element, that according to the grace given to you, but then it got the human element, but according to your faith. And so you can never ever blame God and say, God, it's not fair that you've given me this amount of gifting. While that person has got that amount, God somehow, and it's a divine dance, friends, is this, it's a partnership in in the Lord, that he says, I'm giving this to you, but now you've got to work at it. Now you've got to grow in it. Now you can stir it up and you can grow in that ability and actually the Lord can increase what he's given you. And if you're faithful with little, I can make you faithful in much. And if your desire is to glorify me, I can actually increase what I've given you. 
It's like finances, right? If we're faithful, Jesus said, it's in Luke, if we're faithful with little, you know, he'll, he'll increase that. And some of you are wondering even why, you know, financially you're struggling. It's because you're not faithful with maybe the little that the Lord has given you. Not always. Sometimes it's just the way it is. But there's a spiritual principle here that we dare not miss and we dare not lose in the Lord. And so in closing, um, we find that the spiritual gifts, if we look at the overview of Scripture, is, is quite, we have these different nuances and facets to, to spiritual gifts. But God's heart, friends, is that he wants us to actually want it and ask for it and desire it. God's heart is that we would say, Lord, you've got something and give it to me. I ask you by faith. At the end of the day, I can't, I can't force you to give me what you determine it, Lord, by the Spirit. But you, I'm not a robot. I'm not, going to, I can't just, I'm not a fatalist. I'm not going to stand there and just hope he gives me something. Somehow in grace, you've enabled me to do something to trust, to seek, to ask, to desire. And as I do so, the Lord works with, with that, with my faith, and then he gives me as he desires, as he apportions. And then I say, okay, Lord, you've given that to me. I'm going to work with what I've got, and I'm going to ask for more. And sometimes it's not wrong, friends, and I, I've got to be careful what I say now, but almost to be spiritually greedy in the best possible way. I'll redeem that word. You know, that's to be hungry, to say, Lord, give me more. Oh, I want to walk in more, Lord. I don't want to be satisfied with a little bit. I want you to grow me and stretch me and enlarge me. I want to be a man or a woman of God. I want to be able to work with what I've got. My character and my giftings and my abilities. And isn't God good that he can mature us into the fullness of who we are in Jesus Christ? And you can't stand before the Lord one day and say, well, Lord, you know, I had the one talent, and I'm like the man with the one talent, and I took that one talent, and I hid it in the ground because I was scared of you. God would say, but he says to that man, depart from me, you wicked servant. But he blesses the one that takes a talent, and he risks with it. A talent is actually money in that, in that parable. And he takes what he's been given, and he's actually industrious. In other words, he's working with what he's got, and he's not hiding it under the sand, or under the bed. And here, I want to leave this with you, is that in the Christian life, if you are not moving forward, you're going to be moving backwards. If you are not seeking Him, and seeking to grow in Him, if you stop seeking Him, you begin to move backwards. It's a bit like walking on a... Um, a treadmill, that's it, a treadmill, and the gym. How many of you have been on a treadmill before? You walk on that treadmill, you walk in, and if you want to make progress, you just got to walk a bit faster, or you move up the speed, but you've got to keep moving. If you stop moving, say, I'm tired, you fall off the treadmill. And I think in some ways, the Christian life is like that. If you cruise, you go backwards. And that is why there's a warning in Hebrews chapter 2, where um, the writer of Hebrews warns the believers and he says to them, if you're not, essentially, if you're not holding on to Jesus, if you're not seeking Jesus, if you're not putting your faith in Jesus, if you don't see that Jesus is better than Moses, better than the prophets, better than the angels, and you are putting him first, then he says, be careful in Hebrews 2 that you don't drift away from the faith. We can't drift. We can't afford to. We have one life to live. 
And by the Spirit, He wants us to say, Jesus is Lord. And it is a life worth living. There are no spectators in the kingdom of God. There is no place for hangers-on. There's no place for, you, for us to sit and to let some superstar do the work of the ministry. There's no place for us to have the spectacular gifts operating. God's will is that every single one of you is empowered and you've given yourself over to the Lord to do the work of the ministry. To serve Him, to love Him, to love His people. And when we do that, that's what Ephesians 4 says, we, we, we become a body that becomes healthy. Every little part is doing its part, is growing, connected to the head in the Lord. So if you are sitting here this evening, or, or someone who's maybe listening to this, we're going to do with a recording for those who can't, or, or oh, please in the Lord, never ever put a question mark over your heart and say, this is not for me. This is not for me. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. These things are for you. This is your inheritance in the Lord. And that maybe in a year's time, some of you that have had spiritual gifts that have been lying dormant, God wants, is going to come and awaken. And some of you are going to be moving in ways that you had never realized. And God is going to activate aspects of your life that he's going to give him glory in ways that maybe you have not realized. But it takes faith in Jesus. And it takes trust. And it takes availability. You know, that's all we are. We're available. <laughs> I'm available, Lord. And if I'm available, God can use you. And he'll use you in a way that he determines. But have the desire, have the hunger. And so I want to end with this. I just want to end with this thing that although we're talking about spiritual gifts this evening, at the end of the day, we are called to seek after the giver of the gifts. And while 1 Corinthians 14 says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, before that, the aim is always that we seek Him. We know Him. We love Him. And, and I want to end with the scripture in Luke 11, 13. Um, there's a whole lot we didn't get to, but in Luke 11:13, it says, it's after the Lord's Prayer, and then uh, Jesus says, But if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You see, the best gift that we could ever receive is the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? The person of the Holy Spirit, what we started with. The one who, who shows us the love of God, who, gives, who shows us Christ, who enables our faith to love him and serve him, who helps us to serve one another and to lay our lives down for him. We can't do it if it's not for, but, but by the Spirit. But by the Spirit. God will take timid people, those who are maybe reserved, and he'll transform us into an army, a mighty army for the Lord. But the gift that he gives, that he wants us to desire, above all else, is himself. Is himself. And um, I'd like us to pray for that, just to pray that the Lord would give us an appetite. Uh, I don't know the word in Afrikaans for appetite. 
Wat is die woord? Honger. Oké, okay. Gee ons een honger om dorst te wees for the Holy Spirit, for the Lord himself. And if you're not feeling hungry, spiritually, just ask him, say, Lord, give me an appetite. Make me hungry. It's okay to feel, sometimes I'm like that, you know. I don't, a lot of days I'm not feeling, I don't ask the Lord enough. I get comfortable and I get kind of set in my ways. And I've got to say, oh, Lord, help me again to be hungry. Put in me a desire for more of you, Lord. So let's pray for that. Yes, Lord. So let's just take a moment to wait on the Lord. Can we come and invite the Holy Spirit even into this meeting now? Or well, he's here already, we know. But just invite him intentionally. That we wouldn't resist him or push him out. But that we'd make ourselves available. Ask for hunger. Come, Lord. Lord, this evening we want to come and we want to acknowledge your presence in this room. We want to acknowledge this evening, Lord, that you are the giver of all good gifts, Father. As it says in James, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of turning. Lord, that, that you give good gifts. You give us spiritual gifts by the Spirit. And ultimately, Lord, we want to recognize that you give yourself. And Lord, would you come and give us a desire and a hunger for more of you? We say, Lord, we want more of you. You're a good father who gives us the Holy Spirit. And just where you are, even just, just open up your hands to the Lord. Just say, here I am, Lord. I receive from you, Lord, this evening. I receive from you. Just where you are, just as a sign of surrender. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing when we can physically just open up our hands. Um, just say, Lord, here I am. I surrender to you, Lord. Would you come and fill me this evening? Would you, would you refresh me? Would you empower me? Would you give me power for this walk in you, Lord? Would you come, Lord, right now? We, we invite you. We, we want more of you. Would you have us, Lord? Come, Lord God. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Oh, come and breathe upon your people, Lord. Come and breathe even upon coals that have maybe got cold. I just have that picture that it could be some of you here tonight that that fire was burning hot, that those coals were burning red hot, and somehow you've allowed those coals to get get lukewarm, get cold. There's an ember there. Would you allow the Holy Spirit tonight to blow upon that ember, upon the spark, upon the to breathe into life again, to make you hot? Come, Lord, breathe, Lord, breathe upon our lives. Come, O oh God. Come, Holy Spirit, we welcome you.
or come and activate us Lord. just see that picture um, of the woman that that was pushing through the crowd that to touch Jesus and and I think with this what Mike has, sh- has shared tonight for many of us um, f- many of us stepping into yeah saying Lord I desire this I desire you I desire the Holy Spirit I desire to walk in giftings um, it's for many of us it's it's something that we maybe know but it's something that we haven't lived in or walked in before or uh, for many it's like this call that is that, that has gone out and 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 just sensing in the holy spirit tonight that that you you you, you cannot even say i'll wait till tomorrow um the yeah you know, today is, is the day of salvation to this is the moment to to in faith to activate your faith i almost want to say that if you're not gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna stay passive right now you're gonna be passive tomorrow and so just if you, yeah, I just want to almost, I want to call you to stand if there's a, if there's a, and I want to, in the spirit realm, put on the gloves of faith and, and reach for Jesus and say, I'm not, I'm not letting go of this fight until you bless me, God. I'm not, I'm not walking out of here if, if you don't, if you don't do something in my life. There's a moment not to be missed and it's now. It's not tomorrow, it's now. This is, for some of you, this will be a moment that will change your life. Don't, don't, don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity. Say, God, here I am, and I'm reaching for you, and I'm touching you, and I'm not letting go until you bless me like Jacob. Mm. Worship you, Lord. Worship you. Yeah, I want to even encourage you, maybe even lift your voice and, and cry out to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm asking you tonight for a new baptism of the Holy Spirit, for a new infilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Maybe even for some of you, say, say tonight for the first time, Lord, would you give me the gift of tongues? Would you give me the gift of prophecy? Just make your request known to God.